The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There's a strong link between sports and medicine. If you're not at the top of your medical game, you can't play well, or you just can't play. Welcome to Bruce the Sports Doc with medical expert Dr. Bruce Grossinger. This program looks at advances and breakthroughs in medicine and how it relates to sports. Plus, you'll receive preventative tips and analysis of sports injuries this week. Now, here's Bruce the Sports Doc. Dirk with the ball up top. He gets past Bosch. Lefty layup off the glass. He got it. Mavs by two. Here comes Wade at the horn. It's no good. Dallas stuns the Heat in Miami after being down by 15 with just under six to play. What a comeback. Haslam guards Dirk. Dirk gets to the foul line. Tough fade away. And it goes up. It hits back iron. It's no good. Miami steals game three. They hold on and cling to a two-point victory. They now retain home court once again. Dateline. June 7th, 2011. The place. Dallas, Texas. American Airlines Center. Miami Heat, Dallas Mavericks, Game 4, NBA Finals. The intensity in this arena is so hot, even Pat Riley is sweating bullets. Welcome, America. It's Dr. Bruce Grossinger for the newest edition of Bruce the Sports Doc. We've got a great show for you today. We're going to be interviewing Nate Miller. We're going to bring you into the examination room to talk to a brain-injured patient. You'll hear his story from impact to the present. We also have Dr. Joseph Fernandez, sports medicine doctor extraordinaire, coming back from Denver, Colorado, the National Sports Medicine Conference. But, firstly, we are going to have an analysis by our guest analyzer, Mr. Spencer Grossinger. As it turns out, the precocious prognosticator has predicted up to Game 3 the sequence of events in Mavs Heat. I want to welcome you to the show, Spencer how you doing today? Thank you, Bruce. It's, uh, it's nice to be on the show again. How are you today? I'm doing very well. Uh, you want to give us a little bit of a wrap-up for, obviously, you did a little lead-in for this Game 4, which is going to happen in two hours in Dallas. We're here back in Stevie, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. 
<laughs> give us a little bit of an analysis of the game, the first three games, and then let's break it down for game four. Okay. Um, I enjoyed that intro, by the way. That was very fun and entertaining. Um, right now in this series, we had Miami coming out in game one, setting the pace, and, uh, and beating Dallas by 10. And then in game two, it looked it, the game was going almost the same way. And I was just about to go to bed. Um, and the, you know, the Mavs were down by 15. And then suddenly they stormed back. And I was just stunned by that victory. Let's look ahead to game four. What are your keys? In game four, really, Dallas has to get off to a good start. They've been chasing Miami this whole series. They've been playing from behind. Miami has been setting the pace this entire series. Dallas needs. To, Dallas is in desperation mode right now. They, they have to win these next two home games to have a chance to win the championship in Miami. So Dallas has to get off to a lead, and they have to build, I'd say, like a solid six to eight point lead. Um and really make Miami play from behind. And really, game four, Dallas should be desperate. They should really dominate the boards. They should be out-hustling Miami. And they really need to get off to a quick start and not be digging themselves holes, like Carlisle has said. Looking at the news today, two big stories jump out at us. Firstly, Dirk Nowinski, who's usually a very calm guy, called out the Jet. He basically stated that Jason Terry hasn't come through clutch in crunch time. So I know he's doing this to motivate, not embarrass the Jet. Another was a reporter basically accused LeBron James of uh, clinching out in the fourth quarter, essentially choking. I thought James handled it pretty well by, uh, by, by not losing his temper. You, you, we, we looked at both of these events. Right. What are your thoughts? Right. Well, Jason Terry has not scored one point in the fourth quarter of Game 1 and Game 3, both games where Dallas has lost. And really, I thought that what Dirk said was, was not that mean to his teammate Terry. It was just, it was just the truth. Terry is the, probably the second best scorer on this team. He is Dirk's right-hand man. They need him to step up. In game two, one of the reasons why Dallas won the game was because the Jet got hot, you know, with four minutes left in the game and starts to hit a couple jumpers. Um, really, what I see Jet doing a lot is he's settling for outside shots. Jed needs to get inside, he needs to get fouled, and he needs to shoot free throws, and he really needs to work his game inside and out. And really, Dirk Nowinski was spot on. With, with James and Rick Buecher, um, really LeBron handled that situation, really LeBron handled that question really well. Um, and really, um, this, this series, the way the Mavs are playing, Dwayne Wade has the matchup of Jason Kidd. So LeBron is deferring to Wade, and that really is, I think, the wise move on his part because Wade has been the guy. He has been scoring at will. And really, if something's right, don't change it. So um, in Boston and Chicago, LeBron James was the main guy, and he was being very clutch. But right now, he signed up with Miami to win a championship. And his play on defense has been spectacular. And he, he's been making great passes to Bosch and Wade and been playing very unselfishly. He's in it to win a championship ring, not the MVP. We talk about Sean Marion, otherwise known as the Matrix. 
I believe a great reason why James is not taking it down in the fourth quarter is because of the stifling defense. Marion is incredibly athletic, even at his age, very long arms. He's deferring to Wade. This reminds me a lot of 2006. Wade has essentially let LeBron be the center stage leading up to this, but now the NBA Finals, Wade has won the championship before. He has a ring. He knows the pathway to victory. Right. Um, Really, Dwayne Wade, he was really born for this moment. Um, In 2006, he single-handedly led the Miami Heat to a victory over Dallas. And um, and right here, he knows he has the matchup advantage, and he's and he has just been unbelievable in the NBA Finals. He's been averaging 29 points in every NBA Finals game. I think he's the fourth player. He's the fourth highest player in NBA history through nine games. To, he scored 293 points, and um, he's just an incredible Finals player. And um, and he's just he's just he's just an amazing player. So we're looking at it here. We've got two more games in Dallas before we go back to Miami. Do you think these are must-win games for the Mavs right now? Oh, most definitely. You know, looking at it now, Dallas cannot be down. They cannot be down 3-2 headed back to Miami. They must be up 3-2 and, um, and having a chance to, uh, to win it in six. You know, um, you predicted that Dallas would win it in, uh, in seven games. But um, if Miami's up 3-2, this series is pretty much over. Then, then Miami will pretty much clinch it in Game 6, I believe. So that's my take on it. Well, you correctly noted some of the keys. The secondary players for the Heat, you called them snipers. Right. Mario Chalmers has definitely been the main guy. In Game 2, he had a very clutch 3 to tie the ball game up. Um, and then in Game 3, he went 4-for-8 four from downtown, scoring 12 huge points, including the half quarter to end the first to end the uh, first quarter. That, that was a huge momentum boost, and he's just been knocking down threes. Mario Chalmers has just been awesome this series, so he is really the guy. Uh, last year, it was Mike Miller, but right now Chalmers is my is my sniper of this series for Miami. Well, right now we're up against our first break. I think that we certainly have lit the fire, and we're all ready for Heat's Mavericks. I should say Heat's Mavs, Mavs Heat. Hard to say those words. But in any event, we're up against the break. Spencer, thanks for your analysis today. Thank you. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine. Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injury. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? 
Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at Voice America and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. This Is It Sports is an engaging talk program that includes you, the experts, and sports, all moderated by Coach Carl Hargrave. We'll talk about what's going on in the general sports world, collegiate and professional, take a look at youth-oriented sports, athletic development and sportsmanship, faith, and where it has its place in sports, along with a lively discussion with Coach Carl every week. Tune in to This Is It Sports with Coach Carl Hargrave every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now... Back to the show. Welcome to the newest edition of Bruce the Sports Doc. We have a very interesting patient here who has consented to allow us to tell his story. And it's a very interesting story of one who has suffered a very substantial brain injury. He has also been studied with impact testing. His name is Nate Miller, who's a very nice guy. Nate is a 23-year-old gentleman who was in a motorcycle accident when he was cut off by a truck. He does not have recollection of the events, but believes that he was thrown from his truck. He suffered a host of injuries, including tibial and fibular femoral fractures. He also suffered facial injuries, and most importantly, for the purposes of our discussion, was knocked unconscious and was in a coma for two weeks. He then awakened and for his own safety and protection was placed into a medical-induced coma with barbiturates. He had facial reconstruction and therefore the coma was useful in helping to dampen his pain response during this very arduous surgical procedure. He had the very rare Lafort three fracture that is a fracture with disruption of the, of, of the facial bones, essentially from side to side. In a few moments, he will, he will describe his experience itself. Nate, I wanted to uh, bring you into this discussion now. I wanted you to tell the listeners you know, what you recall, if any, from the accident with the head injury. And then kind of walk us through your recovery, highlighting your... Uh, some of the neurological symptoms? Uh, well, the initial reaction, I had no memory at all. Um, it was completely blank, and I was only aware of things that people were telling me. Um, I could remember names and faces of people that I saw in my room that would come up to visit me, and I would you know, make a connection of whether or not I liked them or not. Uh, but other than that, there was really nothing at all. Um, and again, it was only what I was told by my family or close friends. 
Um, and then upon being released from the hospital, I didn't remember anything at all. Again, I didn't know, you know, streets or direction or I, even my home. I didn't remember my address. I didn't even remember things that were in my room that were mine. Um, now that we are sitting here approximately two and a half years later, excuse me, actually, let me say three and a half years later, because we're not yet into uh, December. So three and a half years later, we, we obviously there's been some changes and there's been some partial recovery, but we still have a lot of symptoms. Could you share with us currently uh, some of the difficulties you have with your brain function? Uh, as of today, uh, things have come back you know, noticeably stronger than they were. I was just describing, but um, there's still some, I, I feel like, weakness with long-term memory. Um, other than that, uh, that that's that's the most important thing, the most noticeable to me is just the memory loss um, and, like, the able to retain information. Um, other than that, it's all physical stability and whatnot. Uh, but as you know, the mental things, I feel like the memory is the strongest, clearest thing to me. If we were to look at your personality and mood uh, before this accident, you were a certain type of person with a certain personality. And then were to look at you now, as I said, three and a half years later, could you share with the audience um, – some of the findings about what other people have observed with your mood, personality, or any irritability or any of that such uh, information? Um, yeah, again, it, I'm only aware of my life prior to November 6, 2007 from people telling me what it was like. Um, so personally, I, I don't know, but other people tell me that um, it's very close to the way it always was, but I am slightly more irritable than I was um, and I have been told that I was always irritable like you know just whatever that that kind of kid but now it's a little bit stronger and I don't know what the correct way to describe it would be but maybe more apparent to everybody else and they, they don't have to be in my family to see with respect to speaking and finding words do you ever run into any difficulties in that respect? Um, I feel like m my vocabulary is very expansive, and I I kind of always am trying to find the right words to say, but uh, I don't know if that's due to this injury or not. I mean, I guess it, it could be, sure. So in other words, you don't really remember precisely exactly how it was like to function within your own head, because of the memory loss, so you know that now you you, you you're very uh, you're a type of a guy who'd like to find the perfect word. You you have high aspirations for your language functions and speech functions, and you do encounter difficulty with hesitation and word finding. Right. Yes. Absolutely. With respect to, um, we don't have your medical records here, but I think that. The, the case is very instructive for the listeners because you're kind enough to share this with us. Uh, w was there any type of uh, rehab, any brain rehab, speech, or anything of that nature? And if so, could you please share it with us? Um, 
there was. Unfortunately, I wish I could be able to share it with you, but again, the, the memory issues won't allow that to take place, but um, I do remember that there were several different things that they had put me through at Burmore Rehab, um, you know, speech therapy and you know that, that sort of thing, neurological testing and practices and you know, I would have to do different puzzles and things all all day long for the you know month and a half that I was in the hospital. Um, again, the details have kind of slipped away, but I just I do remember that there were several doctors that I had to go to for you know all kinds of different tests. And for the listeners, I want to point out that Bryn Mawr Rehabilitation is is certainly um, identified as one of the finest centers for rehabilitation for brain injuries in the area. It certainly is a tertiary care place. People are airlifted there, and they they have a a complete staff. That is, they do occupational therapy, physical therapy. This gentleman, we're not focusing in on his leg, but if this was a video, you'd see that he's had unbelievable injuries to his tibial and fibular region. That is his leg bone. The medial aspect of his knee is is virtually not there. There's extensive scarring on the lateral aspect of the knee, and... Uh, it is function. The fact that he's able to walk is a testament to uh, really fine work from the orthopedic surgeons. And it looks like there's some skin grafting as well. So, uh, so, so this gentleman, and, and it's true also in the sporting world, uh, when, when there are uh, injuries to the brain, there are often other injuries to other structures. Well, here's a case of a trauma victim with very extensive facial injury, very extensive orthopedic injury, and also a very extensive brain injury requiring uh, a very prolonged period of cognitive remediation. And essentially, that is uh, the story for this gentleman. In our next segment, I want to go over his impact testing because the impact is the most commonly used testing to monitor progress in patients who have suffered concussion-type brain injuries, and it's something that's relied upon. I myself have completed uh, training and impact testing, have attended specific uh, symposiums, uh, both on the web as well as in person. The University of Pittsburgh, which luckily is only an hour flight away from Philadelphia, is where many of the uh, the doctors are located, such as Dr. Mickey Collins, who's one of the collaborators with Impact Testing. And we really put a lot of stock in Impact Testing. One, one, potential impact, one potential limitation is if somebody really has a terrible headache very early on after a concussion, uh, this testing involves a, se- a self-directed computer where the patient actually uses uh, commands on the screen to, uh, to prompt them. And if, if their headaches are so severe or if they have photophobia, that is they can't tolerate light without pain, that could be a potential perturbation factor where they may not be able to do the test or accomplish the test at, and, and show their true performance. So uh, whether it's good or bad, uh, when we studied Nate Miller today, it's, it is you know get, getting on close to four years after his accident. So he was able to perform a valid effort, and we're able to discuss that with him. So this is uh, the part one of the Nate Miller interview and the Nate Miller discussion. Part two will be coming up after a break, 
and we were going to actually go over his impact testing, explain it to him, and particularly have him talk a little bit more about his symptoms as he related in the impact questionnaire. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine. Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. Injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. Are you ready for an old school in your face discussion of professional college and high school football? Tune in for talk on a variety of football related topics on the program from Under the Helmet with Derek Kennard. You will hear the week's headlines and straight talk from the hosts and weekly guests that are personal and provocative. From Under the Helmet is broadcast every Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Channel. Listen to Sports Talk at the Positive Pub every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Gil Tyree talks to sports newsmakers, playmakers, and story breakers. You, the hardcore, interactive, and novice fan, can join the show via your phone calls and emails. Sample what's good, right, and positive about the world of sports every week. Begin your week in a positive way with Sports Talk from the Positive Pub. Be here every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the next segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. We're here on Voice America Sports. And today we have a very, we have actually a real patient. Mr. Nate Miller has consented to come on and share his experiences of severe head trauma with the rest of the United States. We have, as before he did his impact test, he did what we call a, a clinical report where he reported his symptoms. So I'm going to let him go through and explain the symptomatology item by item so we can see a basis for doing the impact test. This is a scale of zero to six. He's going to discuss the number, 
Zero means no symptoms, and the number means he has some symptoms, and he may discuss, for instance, with balance problems, how the balance problems affect his life. So we're going to kind of give him an open-ended uh, uh, bully pulpit for this. Uh, balance problems, I rated it a three, um, which may actually be significantly lower than it should be. Um, balance that dramatically affects me every day with everything that I have to do. Um, I don't know that that's neurological or physical, but um, regardless, it, it definitely plays a large part. Um, I have to compensate for every activity um, because of the little leg. Um, fatigue uh, would be a neurological thing. I am constantly tired. Um, things that, I don't know, I feel shouldn't really wear me out at all seem to do so. Uh, trouble falling asleep, I rated it a four. Um, you know, trouble falling asleep every night, and I suppose that's also a neurological side effect. Have you ever been given any sleep aids to assist you with, with your sleep hygiene? I was given... Um, Ambien, I believe, and it had a complete reverse effect and kept me wide awake for hours. And I'd gone to another, I think he was a neurologist, and, you know, nothing could ever be done about that. And there was never any sort of conclusion that benefited me at all. So I just stopped taking the sleeping pills and just kept dealing with not being able to fall asleep. Um... You know, sensitivity to light. I rated it a three because, I, you know, during certain times I had the headache thing at zero, but occasionally when headaches do come up, I've noticed that light plays a part in making it worse. Um, irritability, I rated it a four. Um, I probably should have been higher as well just because, again, I said... Family members and friends have noticed that I have become slightly more irritable than I was at a certain point in the past. Um, feeling slowed down, I rated it as a five, which was actually the highest rating. Um, and again, that's just with everything that I feel like I do. Um, like just from the time that I first open my eyes in the morning until I go to bed again at night, I'm... I feel like I'm slower, acting slower than, you know, whoever's next to me. And even if we're doing the same the same task, it'll be completed at a faster pace by the guy who's next to me and didn't have any neurological injury. Right, and I think that's a very important point in that our friend Nate here has clearly a severe end of the concussion spectrum. And when we look at predictors, we look at these historical factors – we look that feelings of slowing and fogginess are some that are associated with more long-lasting uh, brain injuries that don't, that don't clear up. He's still suffering from the effects of the brain injury at present, and he's going to continue with some more symptoms. Uh, the next one is feeling mentally foggy. Uh, I wrote that, or have that as two, um, but I feel like that's... It's very consistent. Uh, it's just a matter of how foggy, uh, how foggy it is. That's what determined the 
the number two. Um, but again, I am, I feel always fairly cloudy, and whether that's being distracted by something else um, that, that creates the fog, or you know, I'm not sure what creates the fog, but either way, it's there, and it doesn't always let me focus directly on what I feel like I should be focused on. Um, and that also connects to the next difficulty concentrating. I rated that as a three. Uh, you know, that's the same thing that I was discussing with the fog. Um, the difficulty remembering, I only rated it as a two because uh, I'm not sure. That should probably be a higher rating as well. Um, there's, I mean, it's it's a consistent issue. Um, you know, sometimes it's important, sometimes it's not, but it's always it's always there. Whether it's small things that happen during the course of a day, or you know, something that's related to work that I need to remember. You know, it, it doesn't seem to to make a difference, but there's always a possibility that I'll forget. You know what I mean? So it's not. It doesn't matter how important the thing is, I might still forget it. Um, visual problems, I have at a three, because the only visual problem that I've noticed, I was told that this is a um, like a result of the Lafort three fracture. When I look in any direction, like a you know extreme direction, when I look all the way to the left or up or down or right, I can feel pain in my eyeballs from where there was a fracture in my orbitals um, so that leads to visual impairment um. and that um, and just to explain to the listeners what, what we mean there are, th- there are muscles called extraocular movements they are rectus muscles and oblique muscles and what they do is they move the eyes within the bones which are called the orbits so if somebody has blow- a blowout fracture of the orbits in facial bones, as in a Lafort three, that's Roman numeral three, that will mean that even after the surgery, there's going to be an element of scarring. So as far as the muscles smoothly moving uh, and not touching any bony areas, that this perception is not the same for Nate. In fact, he has hardware actually adjacent to the right lateral aspect of his eye, which is, uh, which is certainly not you know, helping things as far as uh, the pain is concerned. We have Mr. Alan Zafiri here who has uh, who's come by because Mr. Zafiri has a lot of experience with overseeing the impact testing itself. And a lot of the, the listeners are interested in, you know, we know that the impact is a self-directed computer test, but what instructions are given and what monitoring is done and how much knowledge do you have to have of computers to do the impact testing and at times we're sometimes surprised that certain people have had no experience with computers at all and those people are are unable to take the test. Mr. Zafiri, could you perhaps share with us your experience with administering the impact test? Thanks, Doc. Simply with impact testing monitoring isn't difficult but you need to be on top of the patient just to make sure there's no difficulties as well as any problems answering the questions or understanding the directions that are given to you simply with monitoring you want to 
show them, make sure there's no disturbances, cell phones, uh, other family members or anybody who's, visit, who's with them for the visit or in the room, uh, loud noises, lights, especially if they have any photophobia with their symptoms. Sometimes you might even do it with the lights off, maybe in a natural lit room with a large window is always good for people with that kind of problem period. In the first part of the test, I'll sit with them, show them how to go through the history part of their problems, if they have any concussions, with symptoms they have concussions, past medical history with headaches, seizures, brain injuries, brain surgeries, meningitis, different things along those lines. And also help them try to recall when and if there was, with other concussions have occurred, was there any loss of consciousness or memory disturbance before or after that? During the self-directed part of the test, I tell the patient to take their time, remind them it is not an IQ test. It does. It is just simply a reaction time to see how long, not just if they got the question right, but how long it takes them to answer the question. And just simply relax during the test. For most people, it's usually... Simple, there's not too much involvement with me doing the self-directed test. I just check on and make sure there's no increase in symptoms. After the test is taken, they go through the symptom checklist again, see if their symptoms have been aggravated from taking this test. After that, the test is pretty much complete, and then myself and you, doctor, will go over the, the numbers with the patient and their composite scores and see where their strengths and their weaknesses are. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine, Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injury. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety Ray Ellis on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice American Network and let's talk football. Fantasy Sports is where the action really is. Over 40 million people play fantasy sports, but rarely do they get to quiz the experts. Fantasy Insights is the name and the game. 
Tune in every week as Dish Adams and his guests clue you in on the fantasy football game, what's happening on and off the field, and how it will affect your fantasy team. These experts aren't just beat writers assigned to fantasy football. They live and breathe the game. Tune in to Fantasy Insights with Dish Adams every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the fourth and final segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. We're really glad to have in studio the most recent member of Grossinger Neuropaid Specialists. This is Dr. Joseph Fernandez. Doctor is a specialist in pediatrics and sports medicine. Doctor, welcome back to the show. Hey, Bruce. Thank you to having me. It's a pleasure to be here. That is great. I understand that you're coming back from uh, Denver, Colorado. You had a really nice experience with, the, uh, with two different conferences. That's true. Uh, I was in the ACSN World Sports Medicine Conference. And let me say they were were because it's people all over the world from Europe, Japan, South America. It was a great conference. And this conference also have in association the SSI's Medicine World Congress, which so is the second time that they do it. And I've been in both, which is a great opportunity for me. So this Exercise World Conference is a really new conference. It's only the second one they've ever held. But I think it's important for the listeners to realize that this is not just a national conference, that this is a world conference. So uh, obviously they're dovetailing the sports medicine conference with the exercise. Why is exercise important? And, and what, was, what were some of the topics covered in the exercise conference? I mean, the exercise is, is very important. It's key for medicine or specialities. Um, it's a very unique aspect of, of of the exercise and the medicine together, they do. They talk about physical activity and the resource that that have in disease prevention. So that's that, very interesting. That not only when we think about exercise, obviously you and I are very oriented to sports. Our listeners are sports fanatics. So exercise is not only important in order to prevent sports injuries, but what you're alluding to, Doctor Fernandez, is overall in the society that exercise could help prevent multiple disease processes. Could, could you elaborate on that, please? Oh, so, of course. And let me put it super simple so the listeners that not physician can understand a little better. And I don't know if you see the show, The Biggest Loser. Um, it, it's kind I, of a boring show. Kind of boring. Did you see no, it I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I, I've, I've, I've passed by it in a fleeting fashion when I was on my way to, to a, a sports station. So one of the keys of that is you got patients going to that program with eight medications, uh, seven for diabetes, maybe three medications for hypertension, and at the end of the show, they don't using any of the medications. This, this is one of the sample what exercise can do, you know, and decrease the use of medications and other interventions that 
with a natural way we can prevent. And look at this way, a child obesity. You know, how can we prevent to all these kids to develop diabetes on high blood pressure when they grow up? There's definitely a big push for nutrition in children. Our, our nation is obese. We're sedentary. We look at the activities. A lot of kids, when, when you and I grew up, perhaps we, we just read outside the neighborhood. Right now, everything's orchestrated by play dates. People sit at home. They play video games. They, uh, they listen to the Internet, which is great, you know, because people actually listen to us. But it, we are becoming more sedentary. So we should have a focus on exercise, especially now globally. With such an interest politically on health care, on, on health care dollars, if we can get everybody as exercising and eating better, certainly we'll be a healthier society. It'll be better for the whole society. And we'll also cut – we could cut billions out of the uh, – Healthcare budget with obesity-related diseases. You're completely right. And it's a basis for do activity. That's why they tell all physicians to tell to all the patients, do activity every day. Promote that to your kids. Go out with the kids. Go out and play at least 30 minutes a day, and you're going to see the results. So it, it was a very good exercise of medicine association with ACSN. So when you were at the sports medicine conference, I understand there's some real hot topics in sports medicine and particularly relating to our favorite love of concussions. That is, we don't like concussions, but we deal with concussions. And I understand there's some very interesting in the CDC. Tell the listeners, they might not understand the abbreviation, who are the CDC? And again, I understand they particularly dealt with children and adolescents. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about the CDC and some of the certification and also some of the uh, discussion with respect to the CDC. Well, the hot topics in sports medicine, everybody knows the concussion is the number one topic. I mean, it's the hottest topic in the NFL. It's the hottest topic in sports all around. In combination with ultrasound, musculoskeletal evaluation, etc., we're going to talk maybe a little later. But CDC, CDC stands for Center for Disease Control and Prevention. They're actually in charge in the whole United States to make sure that we follow what's the, uh, like, um, what, do you, what do you say when you put a... The guidelines? A guidelines, exactly, guidelines. And they have the latest information and education for all healthcare professionals. And not for healthcare professionals, but they put a lot of input to put that information to the parents, to the coaches, to the referees, to take it out to the community so everybody can understand what is concussion is all about and how can they assess that injury is happening there in the area. So that's a really good point. So what you learned at this conference is that understanding of concussion to effectively manage concussions, it's not just about a group of doctors sitting in a room and learning about it. We have to educate everybody. We've got to educate the athletic trainers, the coaches, the parents, that is, if a parent is on a field, as we discussed earlier, only 40% of high school football teams even have one athletic trainer on site. Which, that's incredible. Is that incredible? That means the majority have none. So it means if your kid's in there and your kid gets a concussion, you think he has a concussion, you have an obligation as a parent to, uh, to get involved and to notify the coach because there is a new axiom. What is the new axiom that we're talking about concussions? Well, the new motto for concussion is when it's doubt, the player has to come out. Okay. So if there's any doubt or any suspicion, the player has to come out of the game. 
That's true. And let me tell you, I really like the CDC. They really is doing a great, great job. They actually are the responsible uh, society to put the new posters in every NFL locker room. They're the one doing all this. And they, they come in with a lot of more new information. For example, we in our office are going to have one of the latest information for prevention and education of concussion. Every patient to come to our office is going to have the latest information in concussion. And that's going to be distributed to everybody. And another important thing that they have, is they have all this information in Spanish also, English and Spanish. Well, that's very important. Obviously, it's great having you at our practice because I always thought that I spoke Spanish until I met you. <laughs> and then you very nicely told me that I really don't speak Spanish very well. So well, uh, it's Spanish you, is a very pervasive. The Hispanic population in the United States is, is <laughs> the largest growing community, the subsegment. So it is. it is great that we have to educate people uh, of all races. We're, we're a melting pot here. Let's talk about if somebody wanted to log on the Internet. Obviously, somebody who's listening to our show is computer savvy. They figured out how to find us. Could you tell us how they could log on? All right. So for the CDC, this is a website that I want people to, to log in and check it out. It's www.cdc.gov slash concussion. You parents, uh, coaches, trainers that listen to us right now can log into that website and it's very easy to follow. And they got all the latest information in concussion regarding everything. They got studies, privation, resources. And what they have right now for all coaches and trainers that listen to us, they had a free education program for all coaches and trainers on concussion. So if you log into the website, www.cdc.gov slash concussion, you can get a train in concussion-related injuries for free. Well, that's amazing. So in other words, we got a lot of parents out there. we got a lot of kids, a lot of athletes. So you may want to, in a nice way, approach your coach or your trainer and say, do you know that the CDC has a free course? And that way, it's really very altruistic, very beneficial to the whole team. It means if your coach and your trainer are up to date in the algorithmal approach, that is step-by-step, then that makes it safer for your kid. Super And uh, so so everybody should become on there. And and essentially, we talk about football. You you played semi-pro football for 15 years. And Dr. Fernandez, essentially, uh, you can't see him here, but this guy is the Wesley Welker (laughs) of Puerto Rican football. (laughs) This guy is chiseled out of stone. So the fact is, you played football. You understand the culture of football, and that's what you really bring to our, our practice of tertiary care. As you know, we treat patients here at Grossinger Dora Paid Specialists, not only locally in the Philadelphia area, but we have people who travel to see us. And the fact that we're attending these conferences and disseminating the information, and we come at it in a different way. I'm an adult neurologist. You're a pediatric doctor. You come at it from the sports medicine standpoint. I come at it from nerve and muscles. Mm-hmm. And we also have psychological support here with Dr. Silberman, the other Dr. Grossinger, who's, who's my, my evil twitted clone, and Dr. Brazier, who is what we call our needle jockey, who basically is involved in interventional spine care, doing everything with needles, pumps, stimulators. You know, our listeners could know that we're a good resource. And if somebody's in Colorado or if somebody is wherever in California, we can pass them along. We can, do, we can direct them to the, the right websites. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to change the culture of sports in general, not only in football, but in hockey, even in soccer. 
And attending these national conferences are very important. Very important. You just keep up with the latest. Uh, concussion is something that is uh, changed by every month. Is something new coming out. And if we, if we are up to date with the latest, we always going to do a good job. And we have a responsibility to educate our patients and our society around. You know, so that's a pretty good stuff. I think we're good. We have a little bit of time left in this last segment, and. Was very interested in probing your, your your knowledge and your experience with respect to two areas. One would be the foot and ankle difficult foot and ankle injuries, and also a little bit about ACL because everybody has heard about ACL tears. And uh, p- perhaps, Doctor Fernandez, you could talk a little bit about injuries of the foot and ankle and some ACL, and that and that'll lead us, you know, r- right into the conclusion of this show. That would be great. That is perfect, uh, Bruce. Thank you very much, On. We got a lot to talk about about the conference. It was such a great uh, lectures over there. Uh, it was two lectures that I really like because involved the one of the most common injuries in sports and in our athletes. Um, and one of the conference that I liked the most it was an exchange lectures. It was two of the top physicians in the world that three foot and ankle injuries, and they were debating which one was the most difficult to, to diagnose and treat, especially in football players. So they talk about these three uh, ankle injuries and foot injuries that we might can talk in the future. And if you listen to us and you got some questions, you can email us later on. We're going to let you know. So the three injuries was a high ankle sprain, not a normal ankle sprain, a high ankle sprain, which you have a, a, a small different for a normal ankle sprain. And the difference is that a high ankle sprain involves the syndesmosis. What does it mean? It's a, it's a small membrane that put together the two bones of the lower leg, the tibia and the fibula. So when you sprain your ankle, at the same time you sprain that syndesmosis, and it's, so that two bones that take all the way of your body is kind of loose. So it takes forever to heal, and it's very difficult to diagnose. So... The sample they put are a few football players with a four-month ankle injury until they finally uh, figure it out. The second injury was really interesting is the Lee Frank fracture. It happened a lot in football play. I don't know if you know some football player. Do. I know it was an uh, ex. There was that. a Philadelphia Eagle who was one of the uh, three-headed monsters who then was traded to the Pittsburgh Steelers. We've got Al who's the... The sports expert, we call him Silent Bro. Do, do you know who we're talking about? <laughs> well, I hope I hope he's not insulted. I know he's a uh, he's right. he's a coach. He's an assistant coach of the Eagles. So, Lefranc fracture is an injury that you don't hear a lot. We might going to talk about later on the show in the in the in the next segment. And the last one is turf toe. Everybody hear about. So turf people toe. hear the toes. You know, you think okay. when you hear somebody who's missing a game with turf toe, you think that they're a sissy. But actually, turf toe is a serious problem. Serious, very, very difficult to treat. And the last one was the ACL injury. Uh, it was the most intriguing injury in sports. And to talk about ACL, we need the, the whole program. But I, for sure, I'm going to let you for the next session. Well, I want to thank Dr. Joseph Fernandez. We are uh, wrapping up this segment. I want to thank all the listeners today. And welcome back. Uh, we're going to welcome you back next week, next Tuesday, 5 to 6 back east for the next segment of Bruce the Sports Talk. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks for joining the discussion this week on Bruce the Sports Talk. Tune in next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition 
with Dr. Bruce Grossinger on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll see you then. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.